What's up, everybody, and welcome to From the Top Rope. I am your host, Gers Brooms, and this is episode number 57 here on the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. So glad to be here. So glad you guys are listening. We're getting close to the holidays, and uh, yeah, I'm here to talk some wrestling. It's been a little bit since I've been uh, on the show. Um, the, I think like most places in America, the flu has been like ravaging my household. I had the flu. I had COVID first, and then I had the flu. And then my kids had the flu, and it has been a whole hot mess. But everybody, for the most part, is in recovery now. And I'm back here talking wrestling with you here on a Monday morning. But before we jump in and get wild, uh, let's talk about where you can find us all on social media. You can find me on social media on Instagram at I Hate Gerge Brooms. I'm very active on there. You can also find this podcast at From the Top Rope Podcast. Uh, don't forget, we are part of the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. You can follow us uh, on Instagram at WrestleBuzz. And uh, you can also follow the Wrestling Journal Podcast. That's our flagship podcast here on the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. You can find them on Instagram at uh, Wrestling Journal Podcast. And of course, the gents over at Project Kayfabe. You can listen to them on this podcast stream as well uh, at Project underscore Kayfabe on Instagram. We're all very active on there. And I know we all talk about it in all of our shows. We all have different shows. Um, obviously, here we have our format here. Uh, the Wrestling Journal Podcast, which is our flagship podcast, they do a fantastic job of breaking down the week in wrestling and talk about some of the top news stories and uh, while also talking about you know major pay-per-views and stuff like that. Project Kayfabe is doing some great TNA stuff, including giving their opinion on current wrestling stuff. Um, go check both those podcasts out. The Wrestling Journal Podcast and Project Kayfabe. Uh, we also do specials here on the show um, or here on the podcast network. Uh, one of the specials that we have out right now is an interview uh, by Joseph Crush from the Wrestling Journal Podcast with, uh, with uh, I wrote that down wrong. I'm like looking at it on my uh, my notes. I definitely put that wrong. Yeah, <laughs> Dutch, aka Bill Carr. Sorry, a little admin notes. I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, I think I put Butch, and I was like, that's not right at all. So I had to go fact check. Yes, Dutch, aka Bill Carr. Uh, he did an interview with him. That's on the the stream now. You can just kind of scroll wherever you get your podcast from and uh, find that interview. Great interview because a week later uh, he popped up in the crowd on NXT. So we doing big things over here in the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. Um, also, we do review shows, preview shows. Um, the boys over the Wrestling Journal Podcast just released a special uh, uh, preview show for. Uh, obviously, it's already passed, but. Uh, ROH Final Battle and NXT Deadline. So pay attention as we get close to these uh, major pay-per-views and premium live events. Uh, most likely there will be an extra fee, uh, an extra podcast in your feed, a uh, special predictions episode, if you will. Um, and we also love, love, love to go live after uh, a big pay-per-view or a big PLE. Uh, we go live on YouTube, and of course we release it as a podcast right after that on the podcast stream. And also I want to announce it right here. Um, the end of year mega shows are coming to the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. That's right. We joined forces. All podcasts got together and we uh, put together a three-part end of year spectacular that'll be released uh, kind of the week of Christmas and the week of New Year's. Um, and there, uh, it's like a end of year wrap up show where we talk about what we felt was the best uh, things of the year. Some of the topics that we will discuss. Our moment of the year, male wrestler of the year, female wrestler of the year, shock of the year, return and debut of the year, 
um, pay-per-view PLE of the year, and of course, match of the year. Um, it will be broken up into three different podcasts and released over, like I said, Christmas and New Year's week, and uh, really good stuff. It's really fascinating, the different opinions that all the different aspects of uh, the, the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network, like all the different uh, opinions we have. Like, we're not all sheep and we don't like, I mean, we like some of the th- same things and sometimes we line up pretty good, but a lot of times we have really different opinions on what was the best thing of the year. Um, and I think you guys are really, really going to like that series of podcasts coming out uh, here in the next week or so uh, to kind of wrap up the year. And of course, I always like to give a shout out to uh, Paper Champion, thepaperchampion.com, uh, re- fantasy wrestling done right. And, uh, of course, uh, the season's closed right now, but the season will be reopening uh, as it gets to after WrestleMania season or after WrestleMania, and the new season will start. Um, I'm currently still in fourth place, uh, second overall. I definitely forgot to do my damn scorecard for NXT deadline, so I lost a lot of points this weekend just because I forgot. I was busy. I got sick kids, and I definitely forgot to do my damn scorecard, so... Just lost points for no reason, so I'm going to end up getting far behind on that one. I'm going to try to make it up in some way, but thepaperchampion.com. Um, you can follow him on Instagram, too, at thepaperchampion um, on Instagram. We're all over the place. We're doing a lot of good stuff here at the Podcast Network. And, uh, yeah, how about we break down the top 10 news stories of the week? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 10 count. Uh, typically, uh, I wouldn't have some noise here, and I'm going to try to get, like, some sound effects and stuff. Maybe that's what we do for the new year, like, get some sound effects right here. But for right now, it's just me saying the 10 count. Uh, but yeah, let's jump into what I feel the top 10 news stories of the week. Number 10, the Usos were named number one tag team of the year under Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Um, it brought a lot of debate out, which I don't understand where the debate comes from. Because if you understand where Pro Wrestling Illustrated gets their, uh, like, kind of like their foundation for how they pick number one, number two, and all that fun stuff, a lot of it comes from, um, you know, match count, win count, stuff like that. Um, and also just overall popularity, and um, I mean, the Usos, 500 days as tag team champions. I mean, I know you have other teams like the FTR and the Briscoes have been brought up, and um, obviously the Young Bucks and stuff like that, but when it comes to, like, if you're dominating within your bubble, and there is no bigger bubble than WWE, sorry guys, I love AEW to death, like AEW is fantastic, but their bubble isn't as big as WWE. When you've had the belt for 500 days, get the fuck out of here, man. Of course you're going to be the number one tag team. And the Bloodline storyline is hands down the best storyline in wrestling right now. And of course they're just knee deep in all of that. So uh, congrats to the Usos, number one tag team of the year for Pro Wrestling Illustrated. All right, story number nine. Sasha Banks is rumored to be at or a part or have something. Who knows what it is with New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestling Kingdom, excuse me, Wrestle Kingdom, which is coming out. Uh, or which is debuting, airing uh, early January. Now, I think there's still a lot of conversation and debate about what she's going to be doing at Wrestle Kingdom, but uh, she's going to be there. I mean, that's the the rumor. So whether or not she's just backstage, um, Kyrie Sane is there. She's the uh, the the women's champion over in New Japan right now. Um, and I mean, what do y'all think? What do y'all think about Sasha Banks being in New Japan? wrestling what if she wrestled can we can we tell what the internet would do if she wrestles at wrestle kingdom get the fuck out of here i don't even know man like all i what i do know is that 
we need Sasha Banks in the wrestling sphere, right? We need her doing something. We need her out there, okay? Um, this whole her just kind of hiding in the background, filing trademarks, um, changing her Twitter name, stuff like that. That's all cool. It's all kind of like little uh, breadcrumbs for conversations or whatever. But we need Sasha Banks back in the wrestling world. She's super young. I think she's either late 20s or early 30s. She's super young. And obviously one of the best wrestlers in the world. And... Um, Oh man, if she wrestled. I'm. I wasn't planning on watching Wrestle Kingdom. I'm definitely watching Wrestle Kingdom now, just to see if she pops back up. Um, and of course, I mean that show's going to have a whole lot of stuff going on, anyways. But if Sasha Banks is there in the ring, and I think if I remember correctly, Wrestle Wrestle Kingdom's two nights. I think it's like one night uh, early January, and then kind of a couple weeks later, the second night or whatever. So maybe she does something uh, first night to set up something the second night. I've got no idea. Um, but best believe. Um, I'll be tuning in the Wrestle Kingdom, and I hope we get some Sasha Banks in the ring. All right, number eight, Tony Khan announces what is going going on with Ring of Honor. So, of course, um, he kind of speculated it too, leading up to ROH Final Battle, um, that he would make some type of announcement about a TV deal. He also made comments that uh, they would start pulling back ROH from uh, AEW TV, which I think is a is a big deal. Um, we. It's been like I get maybe like having it on there a little bit, like maybe one of their belts every couple weeks getting defended. But I think one night it was like three of their belts being defended on AEW TV. Um, and we need to start separating those companies. And whether or not Tony Khan uses ROH as like his, like his farm league or whatever, and he's trying to, um, his developmental trying to bring people up, I'm totally cool with that. Um, but yeah, we definitely need to see less. But what he said was. Um, he, of course, he announced that they had gone in and redone, uh, uh, oh damn, I didn't write it down, but I already forgot the name of their website. Um, honor club, excuse me. There it is. Um, honor club website, and you can pay nine, nine in a month and not only have access to the back catalog of ROH, ROH TV and pay-per-views and stuff like that. But you also get access to the weekly TV show. Now he didn't announce when the weekly TV show was going to start and how that's going to work. I'm assuming, I assuming it would go in the, in the ideas of like a dark, like or a dark elevation where they just kind of batch record and release, kind of like the old NXT when NXT was on the network and NXT would essentially record a month worth of television in one day and then just once a month they record. I think for logistics purposes, that's great. I don't think you can take uh, ROH on the road every single week. Unless you did small like basketball gymnasiums or something like that, which I'm totally not against either. I think that would be cool if they traveled around to the basketball little little like high school college gyms or whatever. Um, I think that would be super fucking cool. But um, yeah, it's going to be on Honor Club, and you can also get the pay per views there. But yeah, come on. I mean, I know they're not WWE, but also you know, come on, man. It's 2022, almost 2023. Um, you don't need to. You don't need to make us buy the pay-per-view and wait to get it on Honor Club. But it's going to be 90 days after the pay-per-view. You can get it on um, You can get it on Honor Club. And it would be cool if you could just stream it. If you, if, if you could pay the $9.99 and then get the pay-per-view included with it along with this, I would definitely I would definitely get it. Um, I'm probably not going to get it unless Ring of Honor steps up. And uh, I need Tony to focus on AEW. I need AEW to step it up. Um, they went in the right direction this week. Um, Dynamite was awesome. And... Um, 
and uh, uh, what's that other damn show? Rampage was awesome. Uh, Rampage was a lot of fun. That John Moxley match was off the chain. Um, but still, I believe they both. S- I know Rampage saw his lowest number ever. Um, uh, or was that last? It was the week before. I think it may have been the week before. Excuse me. Rampage saw his lowest number ever, like three hundred something thousand. And Dynamite saw a pretty low number as well. And I need him to focus on Dynamite and and Rampage. And if you listen to my old podcast, uh, you guys know what I feel about that. All right, story number seven. William Regal is out of AEW and headed back to WWE. Well, this has kind of spanned over the last couple weeks. And since I haven't been on the pod, um, it kind of developed even further this week because Tony Khan kind of confirmed some things. Um, Take a sip of my water. Oh, we're live, pal. All right, so uh, obviously we had the angle on Dynamite where uh, where MMGF punched him in the back of the head, knocked him out, and uh, of course he got stretched away. And they had that weird video this week where it's like a play this if I die video, whatever. But I think uh, Tony Khan was at a like a pre ROH uh, final battle, like uh, media scrum or whatever it was. And he was, he talked about, I think somebody asked him about William Regal's contract and stuff like that. He straight up said, Hey, look, uh, William Regal was coming to the end of his contract and he had option years. And William Regal asked to not extend his uh, options and to let him go back to WWE. Hold on a second. Ooh, the flu is still coming in hot. So, um, and Tony Khan acknowledged it. William Regal's kind of uh, logic or whatever his reasons were his son is obviously in NXT and he's getting up in age and he wants to go spend time with his with his with his son and he wants to go help his son out and other young talent in, in WWE and NXT. And also, you know, his friends are there. You know, he's he's been part of that company for like thirty years. And uh, obviously, when he got fired, uh, Vince McMahon was still in charge, and now it's Triple H. So um, props to Tony Khan for letting him go and not being a dickhole about it, because you know Vince McMahon would have been a dickhole about it. And uh, yeah, William Regal's going back. I think it's a great deal. I think there's some type, of t- some type of caveat where he can't be an on-screen personality for a certain period of time. Um, I think I heard six months uh, you know, and I, I think that's a super, Hey, cool. Yeah. You can go back out and work backstage and help your son out and help people out. But we don't want you, we want to sell the story of what happened over here at AEW. So we'll let you out of your contract, but you have to not be on TV for six months or whatever it is. And I think that's a, a super reasonable ask. Um, and I know some people are a little annoyed by that, but I mean, we're talking about guys, we're talking about millions of dollars here. Uh, we're, we're talking about the integrity of a company. And, uh, I think William Regal, has enough respect for Tony Khan and the the guys and gals over at AEW to to sell the story, if you will, and let him uh, go back and be a backstage person. So props to William Regal, props to Tony Khan for letting him go, and I hope uh, William Regal has some fun over at WWE NXT. All right, story number six: Vince puts or Vince Vice puts a Vince McMahon documentary, nine, the Nine Lives of Vince McMahon, and it comes out this week, I think on Tuesday. Uh, best believe I'll be fucking watching that. Um, I love the dark side of the ring, and I know there's polarizing opinions about how uh, truthful they are or what their angle is, because they definitely go with an angle. Uh, but, I mean, they're trying to make money, right? So they go with an angle. And Vince McMahon does not come short of a lot of different things that they can talk about. So, uh, yeah, this week, Vice is putting out The Nine Lives of Vince McMahon, 
And um, I wonder, like, during the production of this show, like, when the scandal happened. I wonder if the scandal was a part of it. I haven't read anything about it. I like to go into it fresh. Um, I wonder if the scandal is going to be – obviously, he's got plenty of other scandals. Uh, but that final scandal that happened over the summer, I mean, the one that took him out of wrestling. And he's been gone ever since. Uh, that's huge. So hopefully Vice was able to get that into the production and talk about that a little bit. All right, one more sip of my water. And then we're going to talk about CM Punk for a minute. CM Punk, story number five. Post some weird shit on Instagram. I love talking about wrestlers posting shit on social media, but he did. He shared some stories um, on his stories. that They were WWE images of him and WWE. And, um, yeah, what do y'all think about that? Um, I mean, if we're talking about a payday, I mean, I know there's a lot of animosity uh, between – WWE and CM Punk going both ways. But, I mean, obviously they have to know that there's money in a CM Punk, maybe not even a full return, because I think CM Punk burned some bridges. He, I don't think he, I know he burned some bridges with that AEW stunt um, and the, the post-media scrum uh, stunt. Um, you, I don't know if he's coming back as a full-time, but a WrestleMania match could be something. And, of course, at the same time this is happening, there are heavy rumors of Stone Cold coming back to WrestleMania for another match. Y'all get the fuck out of here. I'm, I was just talking to Joey over at the, uh, over at the Wrestling Journal podcast. I was texting with him tonight. I was like, I think I'm getting Mania tickets um, because uh, my oldest son, he lives in L.A., and his, um, his birthday is just a few weeks after WrestleMania's 18th birthday. And just how... Fuck, I asked him, I texted him, I was like, hey man, do you want to go to WrestleMania for your birthday? And obviously he lives in LA, so it's not that far away from it, it's just down the street, but he was like, absolutely. And we're talking about what potentially could be one of the biggest WrestleManias of all time. And on my last show of the year, I'm going to fantasy book WrestleMania um, as my hot tag. So um, whether or not these CM Punk teases on Instagram mean anything, I've got no idea, but uh, it happened and we can't ignore it because CM Punk is... Not a stupid pro wrestler. Absolutely not. He knows what he's doing. He knows people are paying attention to him when he posts. And uh, he knows what he's doing. So he could just be working the marks. And I'm here for that too. All right. Story number four. John Cena will be on the December 30th SmackDown coming out of Tampa, Florida. I find this fascinating um, because I think it goes down. Is this like the first year that John Cena didn't wrestle on pay-per-view. I don't think he wrestled at all this year, but he didn't wrestle on pay-per-view definitely and uh, in the last 20 years. So um, big deal for that. And of course, there's heavy rumors of John Cena being at WrestleMania um, as well. And I mean, we're talking about WrestleMania, SoFi, LA, Hollywood, like, come on now, like, please, Triple H knows what's up. He knows what he's got. And he knows he's got the money to drop on these big names. So John Cena coming back to SmackDown. Um, some are saying that it's him announcing himself in the Rumble. I mean, I would like to see him in the Rumble. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I mean, mainly because I got tickets to the Rumble. But uh, it, I don't. I definitely don't need him winning the Rumble. I think we we are all leaning towards Cody win, winning the Rumble. Even though there's heavy rumors that The Rock is going to win the Rumble. Um, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, I can use, I can talk about that when I talk about fantasy booking WrestleMania, but, uh, yeah, John Cena is going to be on SmackDown. I think that's really cool. 
Um, I don't know what he's got going on in his acting world right now, but it's kind of cool that he's out there doing his acting thing, and then he can come back and pop in and say, hey, he's pulling the rock you know, deal. And uh, yeah, can't wait to see that. Number three, Dustin Rhodes announced that he would retire from wrestling. I think this happened like two weeks ago, but then it like got confirmed this week or something like that. But yeah, he was at an indie show. Um, it wasn't on AEW or anything like that. And he just announced that 2023 will be his last year of professional wrestling, and um, which is fine. He's he's got. I mean, the his backstage role at AEW is revered as absolutely amazing, and people talk about how much they love him and how wonderful he is, and uh, all the great things he's doing back there. And obviously, he was on in ring this week. Uh, I think he was in the Battle Royal, and then he popped up on Rampage as well. And I would like to see him go out uh, like a nice final ride. Um, and then, yeah, right off in the sunset and just keep going backstage. I mean, he's in his 50s, so it's okay. Um, but, yeah, Dustin Rhodes announced he would be retiring from wrestling. Story number two, Miro. Let's talk about Miro. This dude has been off TV for a very long time. And uh, apparently, uh, according to Fightful Select, I believe it was who dropped it, is because creative doesn't have anything. And I believe Meltzer came out later on and said something like, um, it's not that creative doesn't have anything for him, but creative offered him something and he turned it down. Um, you know, I don't know which one is hundred percent accurate, you know, which is, you know, the truth lies somewhere in the middle, but the fact that Miro, like, I love his redeemer character. Like his redeemer character is great. Like that intro music, all oh, that music, that intro, the horns is so good. The fact they can't put something together. Listen, Tony Khan, I know you listen to the pod, so listen up, buddy. All right. He's got this Redeemer character, okay? He's got this awesome intro music. He's got this awesome charisma. I mean, this, he, I know you guys are kind of doing it with Samoa Joe right now, just the beast, but he could easily spend like four to five months finding people who he feels are like either unpure or whatever it is and just getting feuds. And not squashes. You can have a couple squashes, but I want to see great matches. I use Darby Allen uh, as an example, especially after that fucking beating he took from Samoa Joe this week. Jesus Christ! If you guys haven't watched Dynamite, uh, Samoa Joe versus Darby Allen, go check it out. That's a, that's do you want to see a dead body shit? Like I can't believe the shit that he puts himself through. Uh, that was oh god. But you could be doing that with Miro. And he could be going around and finding people like a Darby Allen who he feels are unpure or whatever it might be because of his Redeemer character. Um, it's kind of religious-esque in nature. And not just having squash matches, but having awesome matches. Where, of course, where Miro will win because you want him to purify AEW or some shit like that. There's a story. I just gave it to you. Give it to him. And if that's the story you guys tried to pitch to him and he didn't take it, well, fuck him. He'll be all right. But Miro is a goddamn character. Like, he's a goddamn monster in the ring. His charisma is awesome. And y'all dropping the ball big time with him. Um, and, I mean, this, this is a, a big plague within AEW. Tony Khan went crazy and hired all these people. And now he doesn't know what to fucking do with them. But uh, let's get Miro back on TV. And our final story of the night, story number one, NXT announces they are going back on the road with NXT Vengeance Day. It's going to be happening February 4th in Charlotte. Um, I think this is cool. Uh, new year, new you, NXT. Um, I still think the TV programming needs to get a hell of a lot better. I still think they need to not have so many green people on TV. Um, uh, they need to revert back to the the super worker era uh the indie workers 
um, and with a little bit of, you know, these new green talent and getting them over. But uh, if you're going to go on the road and you're going to try to fill up a, a stadium or an arena, um, you got to put on something better on TV. Um, but I think it's still cool. I still think it's cool. I think NXT needs something. I think NXT needs to go on the road anyways, totally. Um, I am tired of that performance center. I cannot fucking do it, man. It, I, it instantly turns me off. I was watching Deadline. It instantly turns me off. I don't like the way it looks. I don't like the vibe. Um, I don't know what it was about Full Sail. Full Sail had a better look and a better vibe to it, and I felt it more. Um, I, maybe because it wasn't a gym, and maybe that's what it is. The acoustics in the gym, it just sounds weird. I think they're pumping in noise, too. Um, I definitely I can't handle any of that shit. But I'm happy that they're going back on the road. And I'm definitely looking forward to Vengeance Day, especially because now they're building up to it. And they're going to want to sell tickets, so they got to put a show together. So I'm looking forward to seeing what NXT does with that. All right, let's jump into our main topic of tonight. Um, I don't want to call it a review because I'm not going to call it a review. I'm going to call it a kind of like a rundown of the results. But uh, this weekend we had ROH Final Battle and NXT Deadline. And I was able to watch both. Um... For the most part, I didn't finish NXT. Um, I just, you know, I got busy and um, just didn't get a chance to finish it. But I did catch up on what happened. I'll kind of go over the results. But I did watch ROH. And uh, while I was cleaning and stuff, too, I kind of have to have it on the background. I couldn't dedicate that much time to it. And, you know, there are minor shows and stuff. But uh, I did see some stuff that I want to talk about. So let's run down the results. Um, Here we go. So... Um, here we go. All right, sorry, I got Bleacher Report open, and I'm talking uh talking about ROH Final Battle, which happened this weekend. I think it was in somewhere around Dallas, I think, in the Dallas area. Um, but uh, it was a fun show to watch. The crowd was a Ring of Honor crowd, like size wise. I thought it was cool, uh, looked good, and uh, yeah, let's run down the card. Uh, we have Roosh and, oh man, I don't know who half these people are, so I have to apologize. Roosh and Dralistico versus Blake Christian and AR Fox. Um, that was a fun match. Uh, nothing really crazy. AR Fox and Blake Christian took the win. Um, let's see. Mercedes Martinez defended her ROH Women's Championship against Athena. Um, this was an interesting match because, uh, I guess Mercedes Martinez has been injured. That's why we haven't seen her around. So basically she won it or she defended it last, I think over the summer. And, uh, we haven't seen her that much, uh, even though ROH is all over, uh, AEW. But, uh, of course she defended against Athena and I think everyone saw Athena winning this. What I thought was funny was during the match was, um, Athena took off the turnbuckle pad and then she went to throw it, and I think she went to go throw it, like, up the ramp, um, but, you know, because, I, I mean, I know people like Athena. I personally don't like her that much. I like Mercedes Martinez way more, um, but she, like, threw it into the crowd. Um, I'm assuming by accident, because uh, you they didn't show it on camera, but you could tell from the crowd's reaction that they went, that the officials went and got the pad back from the crowd, and the crowd just stopped watching the match and just booed the hell out of the person, whoever was getting that pad. And then the uh, the give it back chance started. Um, kind of took you out of the match for a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, Tony, you can't let the person keep the pad. You ain't got a couple more pads in the bag. What's going on with that? 
that's a little shitty. But um, yeah, uh, other than that, it was a fine match. Uh, Athena won. She, she became your new ROH Women's Champion, which I think is great because obviously the story I talked about earlier, the ROH is get their TV deal or streaming deal or whatever it is. And uh, yeah, you need some fresh champions in there. You need a nice, fresh start. Shane Taylor Promotions versus Swerve Nar Glory. I like this match a lot. And uh, really what I'm going to talk about uh, is um, I, I don't know which who it is, which one, the bigger guy on Shane Taylor Promotions. I don't know who he is. But him and uh, Keith Lee, two big beefy boys, and uh, they did some awesome stuff. And um, what ended up happening was uh, Keith Lee was trying to – I want to say he was going to try to do some type of – I think – he had one of them up on his shoulders. He was going to try to do something. The person countered, and he came down. He went to hit that person, um, but then of course uh, popped uh, Swerve in the face, and Swerve ended up leaving the match, and Keith Lee still won the match for the team, but uh, without Swerve's help. Swerve left, so obviously I'm, we'll pick that up in AEW. This is kind of the direction we knew that this team was going, and which is great because they both need to be single competitors now. They both uh, had their shine as tag team, and let's let's move them on. All right, Dalton Castle and the boys versus the Embassy in the six-man tag for the Ring of Honor uh, six-man belts. Um, and, uh, yeah, the Embassy won. So, cool. Go for them. That's fine. Um, uh, Brian Cage is on the is in the Embassy, and I think, uh, obviously, we're not seeing him on AEW too much. So let's keep him down in uh, Ring of Honor and do some great things. Woo! And, of course, the match. Daniel Garcia versus Wheeler Yuta for the ROH Pure Championship. Great match. Uh, I think both of them used their closed fist right at the beginning. So you get like one closed fist and that's it. And they both used it right at the beginning. And, uh, of course, Wheeler Yuta won. And, um, yeah, it was a good night for the Blackpool Combat Club because we go into the main event. Oh, shit, we're not at the main event yet. Woo! Sorry, I'm spoiling it. How the hell was I going to skip this match? Hmm. FTR versus the Briscoes for the ROH Tag Team Championship in a goddamn double dog collar match. Um, spoiler alert for the, the end of the podcast. This is my, my match of the week. And if you haven't watched it, I don't know where you, where you get your wrestling from, but you need to go watch this match. Absolutely brutal. Now I can't remember everybody's names because I have a small brain, but, um, they had one of the Briscoes was on the top rope facing the outside, kind of where the announce tables are. They had chairs all over the ring or all over the floor, excuse me. And one of the FTR guys, I can't remember which one it was, like yanked him with the dog collar. And he did a front flip right on top of those goddamn chairs. I, oof, God, man. If you can't, if you can't, like, respect the hell out of these people. I mean, there was blood everywhere. Um, they were throwing, they were th- um, what was it? It's, uh, damn, I can't remember which one it was. It was throwing throwing chairs into the ring and said, "Let's kill that motherfucker," <laughs> you know, whatever. It was great, man. Oh, uh, it was a good match. Of course, the Briscoes came out on top. I believe it was a pass out uh, from FTR, so they didn't tap out. But it was a pass out. Uh, great goddamn match. So, um, oh my god, you should definitely check it out. Of course, the Gun Club came down and attacked FTR afterwards, and it was kind of like a. Uh, unity moment with the Briscoes, uh, you know, uh, coming to their aid and stuff like that. So your Briscoes are your new ROH tag team champions. Um, Samoa Joe versus Juice Robinson. Uh, I definitely thought they're going to change the titles in this one, but Samoa Joe won. And that's all I really got to say about it. It was a good match, though. Really good match. It was fun. But, uh, yeah, Samoa Joe won. And, of course, Chris Jericho defending his ROH World Championship against Claudio. And, uh of course, Claudio won. Uh, Black, good night for Blackpool Combat Club. 
But what I thought was great about oh shit, excuse me. Um, what I thought was great about it was that he won with the swing. Jericho tapped out in the swing. I mean, I think it was like 30 swings deep too, but he tapped out on the goddamn swing. And that was absolutely phenomenal. I love that. And um, yeah, that was your ROH uh, final battle. I'll continue. I don't know if I'll, I'll keep up with it week to week, but I'll definitely keep up with uh, ROH on pay-per-views. Uh, they're, they're always a lot of fun. All right, NXT deadline. Um, I already kind of talked about it a little bit. I hate the Performance Center. I'm over it. I can't do it anymore. Um, but let's talk about what happened in that. So we had the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge. Now, if you don't remember the rules, um, two people start in the ring. Uh, every five minutes, somebody else comes out, um, and it's a 25-minute match. Um, and basically, you have five people competing. Whoever gets the most pinfalls uh, or the most points, and the way you get points are pinfall submissions and disqualifications. And uh, if you're pinned or disqualified or whatever it is, um, you have to go to the penalty box for 90 seconds. Um, so, uh, Perez won, uh, Roxanne Perez won the iron women's iron survivor challenge with two pinfalls. And she is now the number one contender for the NXT women's championship. Um, it was a fun match. Um, I, I, people were dogging the concept. I think the concept is great. I like the idea of the penalty box too, because, um, I don't know. Whenever you do Iron Man matches, I always get to this thing like, why don't they? If some, if they pin them, they're obviously knocked out. So why don't you just pin them again and pin them again, and pin them again? I don't know. Maybe that's just me overthinking it. But by putting the people in the penalty box prevented the person who just got pinned to be pinned over and over again. Um, also, shout out to uh, Booker T, who was like crying after this match because Perez is like one of his trainees, and he's like crying at the announce table. But he kept crying. It was a little fucking much, Booker T. I think you need to throttle back on that. It was like he just wouldn't stop crying. Like, he just kept crying. I think they came back from a commercial break. And he was still crying. But whatever. Uh, next match was Alba Fire versus uh, Ilsa Don. Is- Isla Don. Excuse me. Is- Isla Don? Um, yeah, I think this is this a great feud, but it wasn't that great of a match at all. And, of course, Don defeated uh, Fire, but whatever. It shouldn't have happened. It should have gone the other way, um, but whatever. There was, like, some weird stuff with, like, the ref bleeding out of his mouth. They had poison coming out of his mouth. It was fucking weird. I don't watch that much NXT during the week, so I think this had something to do with something that happened on NXT, but it was fucking weird. And uh, probably match of the night right here for NXT was uh, the New Day coming back down to NXT to challenge for the championship they've never won. Uh, the NXT championship or NXT tag team championships against Pretty Deadly, and I love Pretty Pretty Deadly a lot. Um, but yeah, New Day won. There was some good Eddie Guerrero stuff in there. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, really, really fun match. Um, this would definitely have match of the week contendership if it wasn't for the FTR two FTR matches, uh, both the one at Final Battle and the one on Dynamite with the Acclaim. The one on Dynamite with the Acclaim was awesome. Uh, so yeah. NXT Tag Team Champions, The New Day, Triple Crown Champions. They've won all the belts now. That's awesome. I don't know if this is like the first time someone's done that. I think other people have had to do it in the past, but um, it was great for them. And, of course, we had the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge. I already kind of went over the rules. And uh, I'm not going to go through the whole match, uh, but, yeah, Grayson Waller won. And he had three pinfalls, and now he's the number one contender for the NXT Championship. I don't know if they're going to cash this in. Uh, I'm assuming they're going to wait till Vengeance Day to cash these in, but maybe they figure out some way to do them on NXT TV. But um, yeah, it was a fun match, and uh, I like watching it. It's I like I like the stipulation. I like it a lot actually. And of course, we have the NXT Championship match: Braun Breaker versus Apollo Cruz. Um, and yeah, Braun Breaker won. 
Bleacher Report has as a C. I didn't watch it. Um, I watched just about halfway through the uh, the Iron Survivor Challenge before I had to turn it off. But um, yeah, sure, they have it as a C. Braun Breaker won. Sounds good. I mean, I think that's just what they're doing now with Braun Breaker. That he's going to keep it into like a legitimate challenger. Uh, they're not. I don't think they're going to give it back to like what they did with Dolph Ziggler, where someone from the main roster comes down and takes the belt off them. It's going to have to be someone they're raising and grooming right now down in NXT. And that was your results for ROH Final Battle and NXT Deadline. All right, let's preview this week in wrestling. Tonight on Raw, uh, the only thing I have going on there is the uh, Alexa Bliss versus Bayley for a number one contendership of the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, I'm super fascinated to see because Alexa Bliss is obviously Bailey's had her chance before a couple times, right? And some great matches came out of it, but um, they're really doing some weird stuff with the Bray Wyatt stuff and Alexa Bliss and the sister Abigail. So I'm fascinated to see how this match goes. And uh, my question to you is: Do you see Alexa Bliss versus Bianca Belair at the Rumble? Is that like a big enough match for you guys to see at the Rumble? But um, yeah, um, the number one contendership match is happening tonight on Raw. And on uh, NXT, I don't have anything yet, but I'm assuming it'll be a bunch of fallout from uh, Deadline this last weekend. For AEW Dynamite, winter is coming is happening this week. And of course, we have Ricky Starks versus MJF for the AEW World Championship and the Dynamite Diamond Ring. They've advertised that the House of Black will be in action. We've got Ruby Soho and Tay Mello in a blood feud going on there. And uh, I'm not tired of it yet, but Death Triangle versus the Elite Four. I am definitely looking forward to seeing this match. Missed it last week. Um, I've loved all three of the matches beforehand. Of course, Death Triangle are up 2-1 to against the Elite. On SmackDown, we got Roman Reigns returning to SmackDown. I don't think we've seen him since... um, I don't think we've seen him since War Games. Uh, Gunther versus Ricochet for the Intercontinental Championship. Obviously, Ricochet won the World Cup, and this has been built up nicely, so this should be an awesome match. Uh, we also have Damage Control defending their tag team women's tag team championships against Liv Morgan and uh, my my phone, <laughs> my phone Ethan Knox is what it autocorrected to. But we've got Tegan Knox, uh, Liv Morgan, and Tegan Knox for the tag team championships. And in a what looks like I'm, I'm almost positive I read this right a triple threat mixed tag team match we have the War Raiders Hit Row versus Legardo del Fantasma uh, going down on SmackDown and of course I've got nothing for Rampage yet but hopefully they put some good stuff on there because Tony knows we like to hear or we like to watch stuff on Rampage that is worth our time Tony it's not AEW dark okay so make it worth our time I don't understand. I can go into another rant about AEW. Just make the one thing that brought me to AEW was the fact that I could watch their show and I knew that just anything could happen. And I was seeing some of the best wrestling on TV. And that's what we need more of on both Rampage and Dynamite. Tony, do it. All right. So let's jump into the final segment of tonight, your hot tag of the week. This is where I kind of just spew my opinions for a few minutes on a certain topic. And uh, tonight's topic is. When does Roman Reigns and the bloodline need to turn on Sami Zayn? All right. So, obviously, like, I think this is one of those things of not when, but not, you you know it's going to happen, right? We we know that's where the story's going, and there's, of course, there's a lot of stories. Um, everyone's got their opinion about when it should happen. I mean, if you listen to our preview podcast for Survivor Series War Games, we thought it was going to happen at War Games, uh, but obviously it was the exact opposite. Like, it got deeper into the bloodline. Um, but obviously, 
Sami Zayn's is the outcast. He's the black sheep inside the bloodline. So when does it need to happen? And uh, I think the rumors going on right now, even though I don't like it that much, is Roman Reigns versus uh, Kevin Owens at the Rumble. Um, I would prefer to see Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins so they can try to split the belts up. But whatever, we're going to get Kevin Owens. And um, I personally think, and this may not even be a hot take, this might just be what I think a lot of people might think, is that a couple things are going to happen. You've got the Rumble match, you've got the championship match. I think Sami Zayn is obviously Roman's not going to lose to Kevin Owens, but I think there might be some buffoonery with Sami Zayn in the match with Kevin Owens. Obviously, Roman Reigns still still retains whatever, but then you get into the Rumble, and there might be some extra buffoonery inside the Royal Rumble, maybe an accidental elimination. Um, but um, if you listen to the review show for Survivor Series War Games, I definitely talked about how I want to see Sami Zayn and Roman at WrestleMania, just because of the way they've built the story up. Obviously, there's bigger matches for Roman at Mania. Uh, either Cody Rose, The Rock, anybody else really. Big E, shit, get Big E in the thing. Um, but the uh, Sami Zayn, then I was reading somewhere or somehow I started putting things together that the Elimination Chamber, which is in February, I'm assuming, uh, or maybe early March, is in Montreal. Get the fuck out of here. So obviously we're going to get Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns in Montreal at a, a Elimination Chamber. And, oh, my God, y'all tell me how amazing that match is going to be. So I personally think that if Roman Reigns is, in fact, going against Kevin Owens at the Rumble, there's going to be some buffoonery, but Roman Reigns still retains. It's going to kind of shake the foundation a little bit. But definitely Jey Uso is getting eliminated by Sami Zayn in the Royal Rumble. And that's just going to spiral down to a moment where they evolution style, whatever you want to call it, just absolutely beat the shit I mean, I want kids crying in the audience when they beat the shit out of Sami Zayn. Um, WWE, I know you don't like to do blood, but this is a great opportunity to do blood. Let Sami Zayn bleed on Friday Night SmackDown from this hellacious beating from every member of the bloodline. You would just, oh, because right now the bloodline's over, right? Like the bloodline are heels, but they're definitely faces too. So, excuse me. And this would just put them over the damn moon in heel territory. Oh, my God. I can't even talk about how amazing that beatdown potential has to be. So um, sometime between the Rumble and uh, on a SmackDown, between the Rumble and Elimination Chamber, um, that's when I think the turn's going to happen. But I think it's going to start at the Rumble. And uh, I want to see some buffoonery. And then I want to see a J elimination by Sami Zayn big time. And um, and now I want to see match of the year uh, contender for Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. I think they could put on a hell of a show. The near falls, guys. The fucking near falls are going to be out of control. Woo! All right, that's it. That's not my too big of a hot take, you know what I'm saying? But it's just something I want to talk about because I think we're really going to start getting in heavy. And, um, yeah, let's do it. And, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. That is the end of the podcast. Episode number 57 of the From the Top Row podcast. Um, where can you find me on social media? Don't forget, you can follow me on Instagram at I Hate Gurge Brooms. You can follow this podcast at From the Top Rope Podcast. I'm super active on there. I got a lot of good content on there. Um, we are part of the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. You can follow us on Instagram at WrestleBuzz. Um, you can also follow the Wrestling Journal Podcast. That's our flagship show um, at the Wrestling Journal Podcast. Uh, our other podcast that we have, uh, Project Kayfabe, you can follow them at Project underscore Kayfabe, all on Instagram. 
And uh, yeah, don't forget to be looking out for our mega end of the year shows. Um, it's a three-part show where we all vote and talk about the greatest moments of the year and the greatest matches and all that fun stuff. We all drink some alcohol and we have a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, that'll be coming out between uh, right around, right before Christmas into uh, right before New Year's. Uh, three-part show and it's going to be absolutely awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I've got. Uh, see you guys next week. Enjoy wrestling this week and uh, check.